Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. Today we're talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball with longtime Cajun fan Mike Bear. Mike, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Um, enjoying the weather. Gonna go try to hit a few golf balls this afternoon. Game I just picked up a few years ago and very frustrating. And but I did enjoy the two games for the Cajuns, uh, even though we only won one of them. I thought they were both entertaining games. So we'll look forward to talking about it. Before we get into that, though, okay, so you just started playing golf. This is very interesting to me. Why? I went to the uh, top golf place a few years ago with a family outing right for Father's Day, and I hit a few balls well. Next thing I know, Father's Day present, my wife's got me a bunch of clubs. Okay. So, so I went and took lessons, and I don't I, don't, I play where I don't even keep score. Yeah. I, I- I haven't, I haven't played because of various uh, issues. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to get back out there, but I, I spent uh, three and a half days at the Faldo School of Golf in Orlando one year, and a great experience. Uh, so I, I, I love the game of golf, and uh, uh, hopefully I'll get to, to get out more this year. So Well, it, it works out well where my uh, granddaughter goes to daycare in Abbeville, I mean in, in Maurice, so a friend of mine, another Cajun fan, and I, another guy's older than I am, but played a lot longer, pretty good. We could play the Abbeville course because I'm out that direction and pick up my granddaughter on the way back home. Okay. Very good. Efficiency. I'm sure nobody wants to hear about our golf game, so let's talk <laughs> basketball. So the Cajuns traveled to Old Dominion. This time uh, we talked about a little bit must-win situation in the sense of staying in the top four. So uh, Cajuns did get that victory, but let's, uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's talk about that first half. What were your thoughts there? Well, I agree it was a must-win game, and things turned out okay for us with the way the other games went. So we're all right here if we go forward and fit, play well to finish. But in the beginning of the game, the Cajuns were cold. My notes say they were cold early from three, but they were missing a few shots around the basket too. However... The effort was good. They were hustling, got a couple offensive rebounds, um, and the game stayed close. I noticed the Monarchs were doing a good job preventing Hosanna Contente from getting the ball. So there were some open threes that didn't go in, but, you know, he got a bunch of offensive rebounds, and we kept the game close in the first 10 minutes or so. Uh, and I, I was thinking to myself, we can just get the lead at one point here. We'll be all right. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Joe Charles made a three with a button. Eight, nine minutes to go in the half, gave us a 15-13 lead. And they never lost the lead again. And uh, I know Kobe Julian was cold from the field, but he had a critical play where he drove the lane, oh, I think seven minutes to go, got the second foul on Chauncey Jenkins, which is the Monarch's best player. And Jenkins sat the rest of the half. And a lot of coaches won't play here, any guys, if they um, get their second foul. I know Coach Marlon will spot play a guy at times because of our limited bench. But that turned out to be a key play because all of a sudden we started making threes. We made five in the first half, and four of them came in a one sequence. And, you know, and we got out to a pretty good lead. Uh, Monarchs turned the ball over a couple of times. Uh, you know, we got into that uh, three quarter two one two, and we didn't really get a turnover in the backcourt. But the Monarchs started to play faster than I think they were comfortable with. And, you know, even if they turn over and take a shot quicker, they want to. Um, and we have, have a good lead there. Um, anything you notice about that stretch? Well, you know, uh, going back to the very beginning of the game, it took us four minutes to get our first uh, field goal. And I agree with you. It felt like we were missing more shots and everything in it. But it also felt like that Old Dominion was starting to pull away even though the score wasn't indicating that it was 74, you know? 13 to 10. So basket. but you know, I, I'm going to give credit here because I think the Monarchs did what they wanted to do. They slowed the Cajuns down and it was their game to keep that in the sixties, I believe. So they did what they wanted to do. The Cajuns in, in the end pulled what, but you know, I, I, I agree with you totally. It, it, it was a weird kind of feeling. You never felt out of it. And obviously, you never feel out of it in the first 10 minutes of a game, I hope. But it, it didn't feel comfortable, I guess. No, well, the idea was, okay, are we going to start making shots? If we keep missing the shots like we did in the first 10 minutes, it's not going to happen. 
and we didn't hit a good percentage for the game, but we hit it like a, a few in a stretch there that opened up the lead. The lead actually got to 15. Uh, I think it should, and it was 10 and a half. I think it should have been more. I'll elaborate here. Um, the Monarchs scored. They make the lead 13. There's 35 seconds to go. You know, I think we should have gone for the last shot or shoot the ball with, you know, seven, eight seconds to go, just right before the shot clocker. But then Kobe took a corner three, uh, open, good shot, didn't go in. I heard Coach Marlon in the post game make a comment very casually, but that's not what we wanted there. I may not be quoting him exactly. And then the Monarchs make a tough three at the buzzer. The lead's 10, and they've got momentum. Back to taking a shot with 14 seconds to go. It's a difficult situation. You tell your players, okay, don't worry about if you miss your last one. Just If you're open, just shoot it. Because the worst thing you can do to a shooter is make them hesitate and um, think about it too much. And so when Kobe got that shot, it was in the flow of the offense. It was just a little quick. So well, how do you balance that? You play your natural style where you take open shots. You don't want to think about it. But maybe in that situation, you sh- maybe one more pass was needed. And if they do that, maybe the Monarchs don't have that time. You know, with 14 seconds, they have plenty of time to get a shot off, to get the, the shot they want. Even though, give credit to the, I forgot who made it for the Monarchs, but it was a pretty tough shot. But, you know, that you could just see them going into the locker room with, with momentum. That cage is where we're silly worried, but that, that played the shot clock a little better and the leads 13 instead of 10. I think you feel comfortable. Mike, though, I, I, I agree with everything you say, and I, I, I struggle with this sometimes because you see that and you see teams sometimes pass up the open shot to try to run the shot clock, and then all of a sudden we're, we're, they're throwing up a bad shot, which in this case, if they throw up a bad shot and the, and the clock runs out, then, you, then you've got a 13-point lead versus a 10-point lead, and maybe – if you're 10 or plus more, I, I guess, I guess if you have a bigger lead, it's okay to take that bad shot at, uh, when I say bad shot, I'm talking about with three seconds left, two seconds left. But if you, I, maybe if the, if the lead is a little bit less, do you, are you more, are you a little bit more comfortable with Kobe taking that shot? Yeah. Yeah. And on the other hand too, let's say he makes it, then it's a 16 point lead. And it's easier to play defense off of Meg than off of Miss as well. And if he makes the shot, they it probably stays at 16 because they can get back. So but, but I, in that situation, I, I think that the risk-reward, you're better off ensuring you go to, to uh, halftime with a four-possession lead. I, I, I agree. I, I'm just, um, it, 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 I just get frustrated sometimes when, when we get out of our natural flow of our offense and then, then we end up, whether it's at the end of a half or – uh, you know, we're trying to slow the ball down, which with three minutes left in the game because we got a lead, and then we don't take a good shot because we're making the extra passes. So, and, 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 that, and it's not that's our style. Just not, our style is if you're open, take it. And, and that's not that's not just the Cajuns. That's any team that does that. I mean, you see that happening. So, and I get there. There's the whole thing of are you running up the game? No. First of all, it's the other teams responsibility to stop you there's no running up the score in, in in basketball or any other sport for that matter so sorry yeah i agree with you there and uh so there I th- what's the score at halftime 37 27 something like that 37 27 yeah all right so uh, that shot gave the monarch some energy confidence whatever positivity and not surprisingly the beginning of the second half uh, they continued that momentum, and, and a few times they got the lead down. Uh, we only made two threes in the second half. Contrell and Joe both made them in those first ten minutes, and every time and it helped hold off the Monarchs, I guess. Now uh, we talked about earlier in the game that Hosanna was getting some offensive rebounds to keep us in the game. You know, when we, we couldn't score when it was thirteen to ten, whatever. That continued in the second half. He's got dominating the glass. Uh, but this happened in the app game too. But you know, he had to, he got two fouls for being a little over aggressive, a little too much hustle. He had to sit a little bit. And the leads cut again, but the Cajuns respond. You know, Kobe makes a couple of drives. He's not hitting his shots. Here's something I thought interesting. There's a guy named Pounds who misses th- four straight free throws, and the Cajuns have a five point lead or something like that, or maybe seven. And um, the way he shot the ball, I said he was just shooting too hard, not enough arc. 
shooting too quick. This is, this guy can't be a good free throw shooter. I look later, he was shooting 80%. Uh, but then he only was shooting shot 27 on the year. That's less than one a game. So that may not be a good enough uh, sample size to say how good a free throw shooter he is. One time it looked like the Cajuns fouled him purposely to me because he was near the basket because he had just missed two and he missed two again. Uh, so that was interesting. You know, that definitely hurt the Monarchs, but who knows how it would have uh, gone had he made them. But then, you know, Hosanna comes back in, uh, makes a huge play where he gets an offensive rebound and passes the ball down to Joe, and Joe scores, and the lead, I think, all of a sudden is back to eight or nine with three or four minutes to go. And, and you know, we win the game by eight. Could have been doubled figures because uh, we shot free throws okay, but we missed two one-and-ones. I think one's by Joe and one's by Kobe. And those missed one-and-ones always uh, are a bigger deal than you might think with just one missed free throw because it's a chance for four points when they got, and we got zero there. So both teams had a chance at the line uh, to hurt the opponent. But anyway, uh, we did make them in the last inning, and that's why the league got back to eight. Um, the game summary is every time ODU made a run, the Cajuns would respond. Every time. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Katinje's, uh stats, and, uh, you know, I, when I first look at it, I'm, I'm seeing 29 minutes. I'm thinking, oh, okay, that's more than he normally plays, 29 minutes. But then I go back and look at his season stats, and I'm seeing 31, 33, 35 minutes, 38 against Magnese. I did not realize that. So he seems to be ex- being able to ex- uh, extend himself now. 17 rebounds, seven on the offensive board. Huge day for him. Uh, you got to love that. Four players in double figures. You got Ken Charles Garnett at eight points. Michael Thomas was six. Uh, Ratliff, I think, is it continues to play better and better each week. Uh, two blocks, three rebounds, two for five from the field in 15 minutes. Those are huge numbers to me right there that help us tremendously. Yeah, well, he, he had uh, four points. Michael Thomas had six. And those two Michael Thomas had were two threes early in the first half, which helped us extend the lead. So that really helped. You're talking about contingent. I think Hosanna has a chance to be, and maybe it's already been announced, um, sub conference player of the week because he had two double-doubles. Uh, oh. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. So he had 12 points in this game. You know, most of them at the basket. Uh, things that, that I think we need to improve on. We need more fast break points in both this game and the one at Old Dominion. You know, we're getting turnovers, but not maybe scoring as much as we could. We did pretty well on second chance points because of Hosanna's uh, contribution. In fact, it was 17 to 10. That was the difference in the game, pretty much. You know, we went by eight and we went by seven on second chance points. And we talked about our. Um, Bench there scoring 10 points. We need to do a little better than that. That's pretty typical. You know, maybe we'd get some from Brandon or from, and Fields did well the next game. But uh, the, we got outscored 26 to 10 from our bench. I don't know if that's so much our problem as uh, their bench played well because Jenkins was in foul trouble as well, and he's their best player. Well, I was going to say sometimes you have to uh, – that happens because when, you know, it uh, some when, you, when you're able to get their guys in foul trouble, you're going to see – a little bit more uh, more bench play. So I'm not saying that's typical, but that's probable. So There's another factor, and we've mentioned this fortunately several times. Cage did a good job of defending the three ball, four for 23 by the Monarchs. You know, I think two in each half. I think they, they hit one in the very beginning of the game. They go up three, nothing, and they hit that one right at the end of the half to, to make the lead 10. And then they hit a couple at various points in the second half, which – Cut the lead, but again, the Cajuns responded. Overall, you know, that's less than 20% of four for 23. Did you see the uh, the uh, technical foul on uh, Caesar? Yeah, I, I think he just bounced the ball a little hard. Right? Well, I think he kind of slammed it after he got called for something. So, yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen that let go before. You know, the, the refs, I probably wouldn't have called it technical. I, I agree with you because when you're slamming the ball like that, unless you're doing it at the ref, as a player, you're more frustrated with yourself than than you are with with the call sometimes. So yeah, 
Yeah. I don't remember the exact call. So, but yes. Yeah. And I think we made one, missed one. So, yes. I, uh, don't think that was a factor in the outcome of the game. Oh, no. The officials uh, maybe just sent a message there, but so I probably would never call it technical in that case. If the players are releasing frustration in a way that's not a, offensive that shouldn't be the ref or the other team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but. At that point, you know, every point helps, you know. I said, okay. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. No, I was finished my thought. You know, uh, we started the game. It was a must win. Uh, and we played at six. So uh, I was able to watch the end of some of the other games. I watched the end of um, Southern Miss and uh, ULM. ULM won that game. Uh, that So that helped us in the standings, pushed the – Eagles behind us by two games at that point. And uh, Marshall also lost. Uh, what was the other? Oh, Troy got beat by uh, – who beat Troy? Yeah, that was a little bit of Arkansas, surprise Arkansas there. State. Arkansas State. Now, I and will the, say the this. are playing well right now. They are playing well. And this, I guess the surprise to me on that one right there, though, and I, I, and I mentioned this the week before. I thought with JMU going to Arkansas State, look out JMU. Now, JMU won that game easily, so I was wrong there. But the surprise to me here is Arkansas State goes to Troy and beats Troy. Doesn't beat Troy home. So that's a huge win for the Red Wolves. Yep, yeah. So it's not a a regular thing. But as we get here to late in the season, the road wins are slightly more frequent. Like Coach Mons, it's not where you play, it's how you play. And we played pretty good for um, roughly 30 minutes at app. And we want to get into that game. Wait, before we do that, I just want to bring up a couple quick things here that I, that I found very interesting uh, statistically. And this has to do going back to talking about the offensive rebounds, 16 offensive rebounds, 17 second chance points. So that's, uh, uh, which I think was big for us. And, and, if you would have told me we would only got six points off of fast breaks, I would have thought we might have lost the game. But at the same time, uh, I, I thought the coaching staff did a good job of playing within the flow of the game that Old Dominion wanted to do because you're not able to feed off of our crowd and things like that. So good job there. Um, points in the paint again still kind of still kind of continues to amaze me. 32 points in the paint. We're getting uh, – uh, nearly half of our points every game in the paint. And I think part of that has to do, I know Katinje is there, but at the same time, Joe Charles continues to get rebounds, tipping the ball out and doing those types of things. Uh, I think Katinje's passing is, 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 has, I know sometimes it, it can be very frustrating with him. Yeah. And usually, that's a really good number for a center. And, you know, and sometimes the right pass doesn't result in an assist because you hit to the open guy, the defense rotates, and an extra pass results in a basket. But uh, the key play in the game was an assist by Hosanna where, you know, he hit Joe after an offensive rebound and um, put the game in a comfortable setting. I don't know about that stat of uh, fast break points. Cause I go back to that uh, first half. Maybe we didn't get a steal, but we, or we scored off a, uh, off a miss. But we hit the four threes within about four minutes, and we only made, I think, seven for the game. So it just seemed at that, that stage where we got the lead, we got the game at our pace, at our momentum. So sometimes I wonder about how they calculate fast break point stats. Yeah. They, they may not always call them off a, off, a, off a miss. They may only call it, or sometimes you even score quickly off a make. They may only be scoring, you know, similar to off turnovers. I don't really understand how they come up with that stat at times, but it just seemed we did better than that. I, I agree with you, especially in the first half when, when we took that little run to get the lead. So, yes. So, all right, let's move on to App State, uh, a game that I was not able to watch. I, I was going to try to watch it last night. Things got crazy. Um, I was able to listen to the first half, albeit I was at baseball, so not able to spend a whole lot of time uh, playing Paying close close attention, even though Jay does paint a nice picture when he's talking, uh, when he's when he's calling the game. So I'm going to leave a lot of this up to you. I'm I'm going to be kind of more on the statistics side. So 
take it away, Mike. What happened in the first half? Well, uh, Hosanna was hot from all levels. He even made a three. Mm. Uh, you know, despite all that, the game was pretty much tied. You know, nine to nine, sixteen to sixteen, and things like that. They they were guarding him one on one, and here's a key point. Times I've watched the app, their defense is predicated often on building a wall. They prevent you from getting to the basket. But in this case, they came out with a game plan. We're going to take the Cajun three-point shooters away. And we'll just let Hosanna get his, and we can match him. It turned out that was a smart strategy. Uh, but you got to give him credit. He was scored all over. I think he had nine of our first 16 points. Uh, here was a big play early on. You know, I said the game's tied. We got our rebound, defensive rebound. It looked like we we're going to go back down and just have set up our defense, our offense. And Jordan Marsh, who's up there, top guard off the bench, has been playing really well lately for App. It was the start of this game. Somehow he comes from behind, gets a steal, lays it up, and gets an and one. That's a huge play, you know, because you know instead of being slightly ahead, uh, a couple points, you're down a couple points. So uh, when that guy did that, it gave him a lot of momentum. Yeah, sometimes you just got to be careful. You get those rebounds. When I still play basketball, I'm always looking to say, okay, who's coming from behind you to knock the ball away? And I think in this case, um, Hosanna got the rebound and he passed it out to Joe. And you know, Jose Alvarado for the Pelicans is known as doing that, something like that. You know, they call it Grand Theft Alvarado. You have to, and then Marsh reminded me of that. Big play there. But then, you know, the half continues. And the story of the first half was London Fields. He had 13 points in the first half. He made three threes. Got us the lead. That was required because uh, Julian and Garnett are still cold from three. And let me talk about London. You know, he hadn't played a lot. And I looked at his the reason he when he made his first shot. I said, man, his technique looked really good. He got great elevation on this shot where he's uh, releasing the ball on the top of his jump. And he's actually leading slightly towards the goal with, with the hand in the cookie jar aspect of it. I said, man, this is the guy we saw in preseason practice. He had a really good game in the in the Cajuns' uh, secret scrimmage, from what I was told. Uh, and, you know, here's what we've been waiting for. Um, so that was great to see. Uh, there was a couple other big plays. You know, we got a steal, got a, uh, going through the layup. I think Timus is the one who missed that other shot. We had a chance for offensive rebound, and just spun in and out. And, you know, there were not a lot of fouls called on App in the game. I think there's one that maybe could have been. You know, where we would, could have gone from a three-point lead to a five-point lead. Now, the Cages have the lead, but I got to give a lot of credit to App. You know, when I say lead, we're leading by three to five, most of the end points of the second half. They're making some tough twos. They're getting some pokebacks. We turn the ball over a little bit more than we want, than we should have. You look at the stats, it's not a lot, but it seems to come at critical times. Uh, they have a fifth-year senior named Gregory. He scored in the lane a couple of times by just backing our guards down. Pretty strong guy. All those, uh, if you, App is a very impressive team physically. I know you've seen them before. You may not have watched this game. But they have some men on that team, don't they? Yeah, I, I, I didn't get to watch the game, like like I said. But at the same time, I've, I've said since probably the after the second conference game, you know, I've seen them play probably a dozen times now. I, I think they're the best team in the league by far. And... Uh, they they've got some big boys. They you know you're they're going to keep and they're going to keep coming at you with them. So yeah, well, Aptum and Spiller are really big bodies inside, and their stats don't pop at you, but you know they lean on you for uh, forty minutes. It'll tire you out. So, but the biggest play of the game was probably uh, you know, the Cages leading by five. They played what looks like great defense, and Harkin makes a really tough three with all the. Um, Second left on the shot clock, maybe four or five seconds left on the half. And then uh, App plays smart, you know, all of a sudden, okay, the lead's not five, it's two. You know, you're thinking maybe we'll have a chance to go up seven, you know, because we got them pushing the, taking a tough shot here with the shot clock's going down. But then App had only committed three fouls, I think, in the first half, and they had three fouls to give, basically. With their, and they're smart with a well-coached team. They foul you purposely at that point. When I say foul you purposely, not to the point where the ref's calling it. You go for the ball purposely where a foul was called. And uh, they did that. There was only two seconds left. And the Cates was taken out of bounds, take a tough shot off. So uh, sometimes when you haven't fouled, you're late in the game and you need to foul, it's a, it's a uh, negative here. It's a positive for out. They're, they're obviously a well-coached team. Uh, you know, they foul purposely. We're not even calling a timeout after Harkin makes that three-pointer. Uh, 
Uh-huh. And you notice that teams play the foul game uh, with different strategies at times. You, you really do, and I and I don't know if this is true. I'm trying to uh, look at this real quick while we're while we're discussing. But did foul? Uh, did did one, two, three, four? App State went through the whole second half with four fouls. I think it was four in the first half too, and the and the and the, and the fourth one was the purposeful one, the, uh, so we would not uh, get a shot off. Yeah. And uh, so and and I don't know. Like I said, not watching the game, I don't know how the refs were calling the game, if it was the same way on both teams or not. So I'm not. I I can't talk about that. And and to me, if if as long as they're calling the game the same way. That's all you can ask for. It's like a home plate umpire. If you're going to be consistent, and on Saturday that umpire wasn't, uh, which is a whole different story for another time, um, you know, just be consistent. Yeah, I don't know how consistent they were, but it wasn't anything egregious. Uh, Okay. They played pretty good defense, uh, like I said. They went 12 minutes without committing one foul in the first half. And we shot two free throws the first half, and again, credit to London Fields, a tough game. Tough environment, pure freshman. He knocks them two down cleanly. Uh, it, so that, that's all the free throws we shot in the first half. I, I wish I would have seen. Uh, I, I wish I had seen the game because it's one of the things that listening to the game, I was telling the guys, London Fields just hitting up three. London Fields just hitting up three. You know, so it was one thing that I was able to, to hear in the first half. Uh, I, I I need to go back and watch that game because I really want to see him. And it's very encouraging the way you were talking about him setting his feet, getting an extension and all that, by, you know, going up. So well, I'm looking forward. Credit, give credit to Michael and Timas because I think they found him pretty well. After he made his first one, they started looking for him for his next few shots. And one of his baskets was an offensive rebound. He put it back in near the basket. So, But the, his technique was strong. You know, well, and, 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 and that's what I was going to say, though. But if you look at your other players, they know and they've seen him in practice. And they know what he can do, so it's not like, even though he's not a starter, they're not going to try to get him the ball. Yeah, especially Agents are very unselfish. Yep, and you know, in some games, out of the two freshmen, Hardy plays better. Uh, again, Hardy hasn't played as well since his uh, concussions he did before. Hopefully, that changes. But anyway, yeah, I do encourage you to go watch the game to watch things like that, and I think you'll like our effort. So let's get into the second half, and the game is pretty tight. You know, two to four points. Um, we got a turnover after a timeout. You know, uh, I think we got we scored on the layup after we got a steal. It was 47-43, and Bob calls timeout. And sometimes he gets criticized for that. But in this case, it worked because we got a st- we, we forced a turnover, got a trap, after the ball out of bounds. Uh, and we send the lead to nine. Here's the critical sequence. For, just like in the old Dominion game, when this game was a little worse, uh, Hosanna got his second and third fouls by being a little over aggressive. Neither uh, one was going over the back, and I think another one was when you know sometimes we trap out front with when our center he tries to get back and he sort of slouches the ball. Maybe he shouldn't. So he goes to the bench, but that's at the point we get a the lead goes to nine. Kobe got a couple of drives going to the basket, and here we uh, apps <clears throat> got the ball. We got a nine point lead. We get a steal. Looks like we're going to score. And Brown makes a great play for App, comes back and steals the ball back in the backcourt, and they score and lead seven points. Um, so from that point on to halfway the second half, the lead is seven to five points. And then after one of the media timeouts, we come back in our zone, and sometimes that's worked for us, you know, where we don't use it regularly. We just try to surprise the other team when we're going to do it. And we got to stop the first time, but we didn't score. And then App comes back, and they hit a, a wide-open guy, ran the ball well. I mean, pass the ball well for a three, and the lead all of a sudden is two. And uh, then right after that, uh, Fields has the ball. He's dribbling, trying to do a little weave. It gets stolen, and they, they score, and they tie it up. You know, we talked about London playing so well in the first half. So he's coming back in here with like seven, eight minutes to go, maybe eight, nine minutes to go in the half. And Coach Marlin in postgame, last minute, maybe we should have got him in earlier. And, you know, his thing is to catch and shoot. Maybe you don't want him handling the ball. And maybe I would have gotten him looking back. He was having a hot day. They decided to go with a little experience. He'd stay with the other guys who'd been the starters. It came in a little late in the second half of what he's usually used to. So I wonder about that decision. And I think the coaches do too. 
So anyway, you know, they get a three, get their zone, get a steal, they tie it up. A little later, they get the lead. Once they got the lead with seven um, minutes to go, it was tough for us to stay with him. We did get it down to 67-64. Remember in the first half, I said App was guarding his honor one-on-one. All of a sudden, they switch defenses and they start swarming him, you know, where where it's, he's not used to that for the whole game. And then another turnover results. And, and, you know, I'll give credit to App again, too, for um, that move there. You know, their coaches are smart. Changing defenses, the way to Gordon Hosanna, the way they fouled it in in the first half. And then Jordan Marsh, the guy who got the big steal and then one early in the game to keep it close, he hit really two tough shots. You know, you couldn't guard him any better without fouling him. Right at the end of the shot clock, two deep threes. Uh, and so the, and then the lead becomes, you know, eight, and the Cajuns just can't catch up at that point. Uh, so my summary of this game is it's a game that the Cajuns didn't lose, the game that App won. You look at their stats, they're outstanding all the way across the line. You know, they played an outstanding game. Yeah, you know, you go into this, uh, you finish the second half, nine for 10 from the free throw line, five for eight from three points, 17 for 32 from the field. Those are numbers, you know, 90%, 63%, 53%. You're not going to, you're not going to lose a lot of games shooting those numbers. And uh, they only turned it over five times. So, you know, but, but, but if you go across, uh some of the cajuns number now we only got to the free throw line five times but you know we're five for five the first half you know you talked about the defense wanting to take the three away we did a really good job five for 12 from the three-point line so 42 percent those are numbers you can live with 51 percent 52 percent from the field the second half i think the one for 10 i think it had more to do with timely shots though uh, not being able to, to to stop their run. Yeah. Am I well? Again, again, the, some of the threes they made, they shoot fifty percent. You know, we usually win the three point game. We lost this one eight to six. Uh, but they couldn't guard him any better. You know, I wonder. Okay, playing at home with momentum probably help. If they're on the road or on a neutral court, those threes go in. They're twenty two and five, so they must have done a lot of earlier. Uh, this is interesting. App. Committed eight fouls, only three shooting fouls in a forty-minute game. That's yeah. That's kind of hard to believe, but yep. yeah. And again, like a, we had some shots at the basket, you know, where late in the game, too, where you know we try, we get it inside and we just couldn't finish. So those big bodies leading on you make it hard to finish. But at uh, the so same I time, the fouls could have been called there. I, I, I like the fact that the Cajuns, even when they took away their three-point game. You know, Caden scored 42 points in the paint, and 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 I've got to stop being amazed at that because they continue to do that. So, yeah, it could have been 50. I mean, late in the game when App was making their run, we did get the ball inside some. Uh, on missed a couple there, but also you know, Joe could have ducked one. He loved, tried to go a little with a little finesse, which he does successfully at times. But against those big bodies, it's a little tough, tougher. Uh, well, we talk about App being the best team in the league, but, you know, I read something interesting on an ESPN analysis previewing the upcoming state tournament and the team's on the bubble, and they actually have James Madison on the bubble, but not App. It's just the way they, they do the this net ranking, ranking where yeah. James Madison won at Michigan State, App beat Auburn, but was at home. So it, I don't understand how, all that. You know, it's, it seems to be that the net ranking, the way they've done it, has made it more difficult for mid-majors instead of easier like the old RPI was. Uh, and I thought when the new system came out, it would really help the mid-majors, but it's been the exact opposite. Nah, they, they're not going to uh, adopt anything that hurts their bread and butter, so unfortunately. Yeah, well, Jace Madison, I found that, I guess they, when they wrote that article, they're assuming an app wins the tournament and Jace Madison could, could be a outside shot if it had a large bid. Of course, they'd have to get to the finals and probably not lose again for that to happen. Uh, but app pretty much has to win the tournament to get in. Yeah. But, they have to. They have the team to do it. Uh, uh, I think the top four teams could do it. Actually, the basketball is a little different than a lot of the other sports. Just one bad three-point shooting game, and you're out. But you are one good of three-point shooting game by your opponent. Look at this game. I just said they made three huge three-pointers. One at the end of the half, uh, with shot clock running down, and two by Jordan Marsh in the last three minutes with the shot clock running down. All three were really difficult, tough shots that you can't fold the defense on. If they yeah. do that, they'll win the tournament. 
I agree with you there. While we're talking Sunbelt Conference play, uh, a couple games Wednesday night with James Madison at Marshall. Uh, you know, much, as much as we hate JMU sometimes, got uh, really want to put a little more separation there for us. Uh, in the here's the interesting part: Troy now goes to Arkansas State on Thursday, so some some fun games to watch around the uh, around the league if you get the opportunity this weekend. Uh, we're, we're looking for guys like uh, to get any help. I think, uh, you know, we can only help ourselves on Saturday. I know we're going to get to the ULM, so I'm trying – and Southern Miss. I, I don't want to talk too much about that, but I do want to talk some about conference. The standings, we're – you know, we we need some help, and we can do – we can help ourselves by beating Southern Miss. Arkansas State uh, hosting Troy, that, that, that could be a huge game. Marshall uh, hosting James Madison. And look out for Georgia State that is slowly coming up. The biggest surprise to me is South Alabama, how much they've kind of fallen this year. So Yeah, and, yeah, and when we played South Alabama in Mobile the first time, we won that game. But I thought both teams played well, and I thought they'd come come on. South Alabama just doesn't have enough of an inside game. They get out of rebounding too frequently. Uh, Let me ask you this, Mike, real quick. Uh, while, while we're talking this is uh, uh, Georgia State. I mean, are they are they peaking at the right time? A friend of mine who knows a lot about basketball, follows the Gators closely, said Georgia State could be the South Alabama of 2024. Remember, last year, South Alabama finished the middle of the pack, but I knew going to the tournament tournament, they were going to be the toughest out because they were playing so well, and that could be Georgia State. And they've got some big guards. Physically, they're impressive. I don't know why they've been up and down. Uh, the- uh, you know, here's the thing that we say that, and then on Thursday night, they got crushed by James Madison. The game ended up being a, a 20-point loss for Georgia State, but they were really never in that game. I watched a lot of that game. so. But I, I do think that Georgia State is a team that can get hot in the tournament, get to the conference championship, and possibly even get uh, win the tournament. So well, we look back, the three teams in front of us, James Madison, App, and Troy, We've had the lead in the second half in all three games. Yeah. Yeah, and two of the three have been on the road. Uh, we'll see when we play Troy back here um, in Lafayette next week. Uh, that was a tough loss for them, Arkansas State. They rebounded, I think, on Saturday. Yeah. Mike, let's move on to this weekend, what the Cajuns are doing. We're going we're, uh, we're to have uh, ULM. We're going to head to ULM on, on Thursday, Southern Miss on Saturday. Uh, on on this past Saturday, uh, which I watched a little bit of this game too, but I changed it because Troy just crushed ULM. Uh, now the the ULM did get a nice win in Hattiesburg over Southern Miss. So your thoughts on the on uh, the Warhawks? Well, uh, before they lost to Troy, they had won three in a row. Uh, the Warhawks are. Uh... What are they, 5-9 and nine in the league, 10-15 and 15 overall. But remember, they started 0-6. So they're 5-3 and three in the league since then. That win against Southern Miss was really impressive because that's the uh, Golden Eagles' only loss at home this year. Uh, and and, and, and I, know, I know we've talked about this off air, but there is no way in hell that Southern Miss has is putting 4,000 people in, in their arena right now. There might have been 500 in, at that game. I've watched that game, so I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, well, uh, you do wonder about the uh, attendance rank. I know they announced 5,200 for Old Dominion, and there were more people at the Cajun baseball game on Friday night than there was at Old Dominion basketball on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. I bet Old Dominion is in a basketball area. Uh, I bet what has happened is they sold a lot of corporate tickets and and or season tickets, and with the team struggling, some people are just not going. Yeah. That's, 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 we've seen that happen elsewhere. Now, the 6,000 they announced that app on Saturday was probably pretty correct. Yeah. Uh, I remember just two years ago, app was getting 1,000 people for basketball. And uh, so, uh, you know, this is the first time they won. So it reminds me of the 2011 Cajun football team, you know, where we had great attendance. We were so starved for a winner. That's probably what's happening to app basketball this year. And, they're, and they play in a dating ball. They're good. <laughs> so, they, of course, they're, uh, so they deserve the fan support. But I watched a little bit of ULM and Southern Miss on uh, Thursday night. ULM got out to a 16, 18 point lead early. Uh, they don't make a lot of threes. They don't think a lot of them, but they made a few early in that game. 
the Golden Eagles made a huge comeback. They had a chance to take the lead, but then uh, their best player, uh, Crowley, fouled out. And uh, the big guy for uh, ULM, who we, we, we just like called Nico Metz, because I can't say his last name with 20 letters, he had a bunch of <laughs> offensive rebounds. that uh, He didn't shoot the ball that well, but he got second possessions for the uh, Warhawks, allowed him to, to pull away at the end. So, yeah, and the Warhawks had won the two home games previously. So just because they got killed by Troy, I wouldn't necessarily mean there's going to be an easy game for us on Thursday. It never is uh, when we go up there. Uh, by the way, they gave the 7.30 Thursday night because of their, their women play earlier. I don't know who they play earlier. I don't know where our women are. Uh, I, I don't think it's – anyway, the game is 7.30 for the men on Thursday night. And you know, a friend of mine, I thought about going. We decided to go to Southern Miss on Saturday instead because might not get home till midnight, uh, you know, with that game starting at 7.30. Yeah, you're going to be later than midnight, probably one or two o'clock in the morning. So, so, uh, so we declined. So, so we're not going to play Southern Miss on Thursday. I'm sorry. No, we play ULM on Thursday. No, the uh, their women play Southern Miss ULM. Okay. Before us. Okay. So you know that game may not. Who knows if that women's game goes late, you may not start that closer to eight o'clock. So I'd be watching that if you're trying to follow it on ESPN or J on radio. Uh, just as we previewed this a few weeks ago, so we won't spend a lot of time to already play him. Their top guard is Tariq Lacour. He either went scoreless or only had two points against us in the game in Lafayette. We held him down. That was a key. He's going back to being their leading scorer. He was key against uh, Southern Miss. The top scorer in that game was Watson coming off the bench, and he hasn't done much since then. You never know who's going to get a hot for one game. Uh, rebounding is still the strength of the Warhawks. Uh, I think we in, ended up Either we out rebound by one, or it was pretty much even in the game in Lafayette. We out rebounded in thirty to twenty eight. So, so that was the close. key key in the game. Of course, and uh, we held their three point game down too. They don't take a lot of threes, but I think we held them to below twenty percent in that one. Twenty five percent. Yeah, so, that's sorry. Troy, you know, they lost the game. They only hit two threes, and Trajan's take thirteen. So that's the difference in the game right there. But rebound is still the strength. Despite they got beat by over 20, they out-rebounded Troy by 10. So my guess is they probably had some second shots tip in that just didn't go for them. So not all I have to say about that game. Um, people say it's ULM Super Bowl. Maybe it is. We'll see. Thursday night game, 730. It's, another, it's a must-win game, just like last Thursday's game was, in order for us to stay in the top four. Quickly, Mike, uh... Yeah, the uh, the the Warhawks, Warhawks, <laughs> sorry, Warhawks had 19 offensive boards in that game against Troy. So very interesting there. So you got uh, 19 offensive rebounds and you still lose the game by 20 plus. Yeah, and you only get eight second chance points off of those 19 rebounds. So, so yeah, so either kicking it back out or uh, or tap or getting multiple rebounds on on one possession. Right, so. and you, you tap it three times, and you still can't knock it. That's very frustrating. That can lead to a bad yeah. loss. Yes, so, so we sorry. Did, uh, so we did out-rebound them again. They actually uh, had as many buckets as we did in that game. I think they had more, but uh, we, we hit them with some threes, and they didn't hit. So rebound strong. Keep your turnovers down, as is the case in every game. And maybe hit a few threes. We, we talked about earlier Kobe and uh, Cantrell in the game against uh, – App with 0 for 8 and 3s between them. And I, I've tried to contrast. Why are they struggling compared to with London Fields? Uh, Jay asked Bob Marlin, was it fatigue? And Coach Marlin said, I don't think so. You know, you, but, but, but he wasn't sure. I, I think they need to go back in the, in the gym and look at their technique film-wise. People look at that in a lot of other things in, in sports. But even shooting could be looked at. I, I think... Uh, Kobe shots a little strong, needs more arc. Contrell doesn't shoot a lot of jump. Uh, you know, he pretty much shoots flat-footed, but a little jump, a little more arc, and both of them could help. Uh, in fact, I hope the coaches do look at their technique and maybe could find something, just like free throw shooting, you know. One little tweak helps a free throw shooter at times. It can be the same for a jump shooter. They're still both playing well. You know, I, with their shots not falling, you know, Contrell's still playing good defense against the top guards, and Kobe's rebounding better, you know. Than he had did early in the year. Just got to find a way. One of those two guys needs to get their three point shot going again. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Michael Thomas uh, hit a couple of uh, Old Dominion. I don't remember if he did anything. How, what he? I don't think he played as much because of fields against uh, out. But anyway, three-point shooting is a key. It'll need to be uh, the factor against ULM. We go to USM the, the, now. The Eagles are 15 and 12. They're eight and seven in the conference. Uh, they've generally struggled on the road and pretty well at home other than their recent loss. Well, last week they had two poor first halves. They yeah. were down 16 to uh, ULM and made the Furious comeback and just couldn't pull it out. Uh, against Texas State, they were down five. But again, they made a strong comeback in the second half. Pulled that out by four. Texas State helped them by missing a few free throws. Eagles' best player is number one, Austin Crowley. He was a great player for him last year. I think he was on all conference team, has a chance to be do so again. Not only is he a top scorer, like around 17 points a game, he gets quite a few rebounds from his guard spot. But their best rebounder is a guy from Nigeria named Victor Awakar. Uh, like a lot of players in the Sun Belt, he's transferred from other schools. Uh, UNLV and Oklahoma are two previous spots. Now, I looked at their stats. Their team stats are virtually identical. The amount of points they score versus their opponents, rebounds they get versus opponents, all that stuff. Uh, the only thing I saw was steals and points off turnovers. The opponents are slightly better than the Eagles in getting steals and points off turnovers. Uh, and, you know, so that's something to watch for. Maybe we can get a few steals. Uh, the Eagles placed Alabama on Thursday night. I think that game's at 7, so it'll be starting a little earlier than ours. So maybe I'll follow a little bit of both of those. Again, that game's at 6 on Saturday night, by the way. Uh, you know, we play at 7 at home. Over in Hasbro, they're going to play at 6, actually. That works out well for my schedule. I think I'm going to be able to go over there and watch it with some friends and get back hopefully at a decent hour, maybe around midnight if the game starts at 6. I don't think there's a doubleheader earlier. No, uh, there's not. So we'll be looking forward to talking about those two games next week. Uh, like I said, the two games I enjoyed this past weekend watching us play Old Dominion is a defensive game. App, they enjoyed us playing well for 25, 30 minutes. Uh, quite frankly, they, you know, if we play them again, we'll have to shoot better at three-point line. You say they're the best team in the league, so talent-wise, they are better than us, but that doesn't mean we couldn't beat them in a tournament. I saw enough Absolutely. on Saturday to, to, to tell me, yeah, we play a little better, hit a few more threes. Uh, we can win the game. If we play at a level like we did against uh, Bowling Green, we could have a chance to be a little closer in that game, so... That'll be in uh, Pensacola. I looked at the the bracket looking ahead for two weeks. Uh, you know, next week we'll play at 7.30 both times against Troy and um, Southern Miss on the Wednesday, Friday. Then we'll go to Pensacola. If we stay in Fort, we'll play at 2.30 on that Saturday. Okay. Or 2 o'clock. 2, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, which is good, you know, better than 11.30 game if you want to go. So we got to stay in Fort. Uh, we have a one-game lead on Southern Miss. Um if we win Thursday and um, win Saturday, we'd be in good shape. We're two games behind Troy now for the third spot. You know, if Troy loses one uh, this weekend and we get a chance to tie him when we go back uh, in Lafayette, you know, we still have a chance for third. Second and first are out of question at this stage. All right. You know, uh, just quickly about Austin Crowley, the Cajuns were able to pretty much uh, keep him down uh, last year, if I remember correctly. But that game against uh, uh, the the Warhawks, 39 minutes for him, 8 for 15 from the field, 10 rebounds. So, But uh, he got into a little foul trouble, and I'm sure that was uh, – he ended up fouling out, but he played 39 minutes. So I'm sure that kind of did not help him at the end of the game being in foul trouble. So – yeah, when uh, he fouled out, it sort of stymied their comeback and let the Warhawks pull away. And then he had 19 points, five rebounds, five assists in the game against Texas State on. Uh, yeah. Right. If you if you don't not look at the numbers, you may remember a guy in the Cagers named Jay Wright played point guard a few years ago. Yep. His, his build and facial expressions are similar to Jay Wright. Good, good example there, Mike. Good player there. Um, another guy I want to mention, you know. Did okay, but not to the level I think we've seen before was Joe Charles. Uh, I, I expect Joe to bounce back this week. I, I agree with you there. That's one thing that we've seen about Joe, and I don't. I, and it's not because of lack of effort. 
uh, on any of the Cajun players, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, not to say he played bad or poorly. It's just he didn't do anything that I noticed. You know, usually he'll get a steal on top of that, that zone or something like that. Or yeah, his biggest play was scoring after Hosanna a rebound and putting the game away against Old Dominion. Uh, okay. Mike, any final thoughts? We kind of went long this, uh, this morning, but at the same time, there was a lot of talked about. Good conversation. I enjoyed it as always. Any final thoughts? No, just uh, uh, Cajuns need to win these two games. You know, you got to win three out of these last four, I think, to show you finish in fourth. Uh, so winning one of the two on the road is imperative. People always say if you win one out of two on your road trip, you're doing fine. We did this last weekend. We got to do that at a minimum this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cages need to take care of business. And uh, I think. Uh, I think they will. I think they will. I think they'll take care of business. This is not the Southern Miss team that it was even last year. So I think Cajuns take care of business on the road. So. First, we got to worry about ULM. Remember, they're a good, strong yep. rebounding team. They won their last two home games. I'm sure they'll be ready for us on Thursday. But we'll be ready for them as well. It should be a good game. Absolutely. For Mike Bear, I'm Craig Malonson. You've been listening and we're talking. We've been talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball. Thanks for listening. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.